Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. In the Gospel according to John, chapter 11, starting at verse 17, you will find these words. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come unto the world. Today, saints of God, I just want to talk with you a few moments from the thought what it means to really believe. What it means to really believe. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's Amen. word. Amen. Uh, the a gospel according to John. One of the four gospels, amen, about the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Gospel of John, amen, one of the four Gospels is in uniqueness because of the perspective at which the Apostle John was writing. The Apostle John was writing this Gospel to portray Jesus as God. The other Gospels portray Jesus in his role as a good soldier, as a king, a man, a more excellent account for the Gentiles 
But this particular gospel, unique in its way, was to portray Jesus as God. The writer, the Apostle John, opens up in the first chapter and says, In and beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he says, down later, he said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1, verse 14. So you see from the outset of this gospel that John is not wasting time. He's getting to the crux of the master, of the matter, and that is that the master is God. Amen. Uh, John, as well as the other Gospels, help to define the Godhead. John talks about in the Godhead, there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is in the Gospel of John we even find where Jesus is talking to us about the expediency of going back to the Father. Amen. It is in this gospel where Jesus talks about the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. It is in this gospel where Jesus also talks about he does not do anything except what the Father tells him to do. Amen. It is in this gospel where we find Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17, where he talks with the Father and talks about how the Father has given him a gift, and out of the gift, he has lost none of them. And that gift is talking about all of us who have been saved. Jesus is able to hold us, and he's able to keep us. You never have to wonder whether or not that you're in the arms of Jesus if you've ever been in there. There is no power, principality, nor any other thing that can snatch you out of the hands of the Lord. It is Jesus who says, amen, in the same gospel, amen, by no means will anyone snatch them out of my hand. See, the Lord has the power to keep you. See, that's good news for us because we need to know that when we're saved, we're saved. We don't need to be wondering today are we saved and tomorrow are we lost? Are we on our way to heaven today and on our way to hell tomorrow? That is a guilt trip and that is something that immobilizes us so that we cannot carry out the things that God has called us to do. If we're worried about whether we are saved or not from day to day, are we in or out, how can we focus on the great work that the Lord has in store for us? We have to to know that we know that we know that we are in the hands of the Lord and by no means will anyone pluck us out of his hand and when we look at our text and we look at the thought of what it means to really believe the first thing we must address is sometimes Jesus comes after it is all said and done Sometimes Jesus comes after it's all said and done. Now look at the text, verses 17 through 19. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for days. 
Uh, the one that he's talking about who's already been there is his friend, uh, Lazarus. Amen? Lazarus had died and di Lazarus had now been buried and he had been in the tomb four days. I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I think about how rigor mortis has set in, how the body has begun to decay. Amen. It's after it's all said and done. You know what? Sometimes in our lives, it looks like situations and, and experiences and hopes and dreams, rigor mortis has set in. It, it looks like the, the, the decaying of the idea of the, of the hope and the dream of something coming to pass. It looks like I'm well past my time, amen, or I'm well past my finance, or I'm well past the opportunity. And you sometimes ask the question, Lord, I know that you gave me this vision, amen, but where are you, Lord? Don't you see that this thing has died on me? We've seen the finances gone away. We've seen, now I'm getting too old, it seems. It, it, it seems like everything that I needed to make this become a reality has now began to decay. It, it seems like it's going to a place of no return. Sometimes Jesus appears to come after it's all said and done. But I contend today in some of our lives that even when it looks like it can't be done, and it looks like it's over, this, this dream that is too late in my life, you never count out the Lord. Sometimes the Lord is just testing you, your faith in him, that after he knows where you thought your limit was, he tests to see if you're willing to stay with him on the other side of it's all over and said and done. Or are you willing to still trust and believe even when it seems like it'll never occur? It seems like it'll never occur. It's been 35 years and, and that brother or sister or husband or, or wife or, or cousin or uncle or aunt or nephew or, or niece still hasn't come to the Lord. They, they've grown up and we've been talking to them and now they're getting up in age. And it seems like they're just not going to come to the Lord. Well, it may have been 50 or 60 years, but as long as blood is one and warm in their veins, there's still the opportunity to give their life to Christ. Even though it seems like it's past time, don't count out the Lord. Don't put nothing out of the, the auspices of God. Don't look, put anything out of the ability for God to bring the past. I mean, look at Abraham and Sarah. I mean, by all intents and purposes, it was all said and done. But even with that, God still brought a son into their life. After their mistakes, after their trying to take it into their own hands and messing up, God still brought a son named Isaac into their life. So that the fulfillment of the vision that was given to Abraham would be done. But at 100 years old, I mean, after all, it looked like he might as well say, well, I can throw in the towel. But you can't throw in the towel with God. Because you don't know when God is going to do what he has promised he would do, even when it looks like it's all over. What 
does it mean to really believe? We see in the context here that now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many other Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Undoubtedly, all of the, 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 the entourage here, all of the women who had come, amen, to comfort Martha and Mary, amen, might have been saying to them, you know what, he's gone right now, but, but, but in a little while you will see him again. You're coming that day when you go into the pearly gates that you will meet your brother again. So it, it's gone for now, but it's not gone forever. And for them to realize that, that, that the story has not ended. And they were around him comforting them, but they were comforting them in something that God was not getting ready to do. That God was getting ready to do something supernatural, something above, above and beyond what they knew to be true. For after all, it is true that they would see him again. If God did not raise him from the dead, amen, on that day, they would see him in glory. But God has something special to show them about himself. That he does not have to wait on tomorrow. He can do something for you today. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we say, well, you know, I guess this just wasn't meant to be in this life. Well, sometimes it is meant to be in this life. It's slower than you think. But remember that a day is to a thousand years as a thousand years is to a day with the Lord. Even though it looks like that it's gone too long, don't mean it's not going to happen. That delay does not mean denial with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so we look at our text. And we see that, that during this comforting time, the text says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. So uh, Martha goes out. And, and we find uh, uh, some different modes of response to a time of grief. Look, look at the text. She went out to Jesus. Amen. She, she said, forget about all this I'm talking to these mourners. I got to go out and talk with the one that I really want to blame for why my brother is dead. Jesus should have been here. He should have been here. And my brother wouldn't have died. Look at the text. She says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You, you got to see this text that Martha is going through right now, y'all. I mean, this is not an academic setting for her. She has lost her brother. Her brother whom she loved dearly. She loved Jesus as well. And she knew who Jesus was. Amen. But she was mad because he hadn't showed up. And now her brother was dead. She knew if you had showed up, Jesus, he wouldn't have died. Where were you, Master? You knew he was sick. Why didn't you show up? Why didn't you come before he died? See, she had now forgot all about what the folk were saying about you'll see him in the by and by and everybody was trying to come. But she, uh-uh. she was concerned about not the by and by. Why didn't Jesus come right now and fix my situation? See, sometimes if we be real about life, amen, even as believers, sometimes we get upset with the Lord because he don't come when we think he ought to have come. 
that we have prayed and we have called on the Lord. We have tried to do things that the Lord has called us to do. And it seemed like God has abandoned us. And what we thought God was going to show up and do, he doesn't do it. But you know what? It's good to go to the Lord even with that. Amen. Because the Lord knows our frailties. But sometimes we mess ourselves up by trying to act like we're all right about something we ain't all right about. God wants us to be authentic. Amen. If you hurt and go to the Lord with, I'm hurting, Lord. I don't understand why this is the way it is. Lord, I'm hurting down here. Help me, Lord, to understand why that this has turned out the way it's turned out. Why didn't you step in? Why didn't you make a difference? Why did she have to go before me? Why did my child have to die before I died? I expected to go first. And she was sweet. She was kind. She was good to folks. And how could you have let this happen to my baby? Just talk to the Lord. He knows your heart anyway. Talk to him with authentics. Don't act like you, you, you're one way and the Lord sees right through it and sees how you really feel because it's when we exhibit our problems we can come to a solution amen amen be real with the lord amen and i like that about martha that she just got real with the lord she showed him i'm hurt lord i, I am very hurt and i'm very disappointed lord i thought that you would be here i thought when you heard that he was sick that you'd hurry up and get here and heal him before he died You've given sight to the blind. You, you've given speech to those who could not speak. You've given hearing to those who could not hear. You've raised uh, uh, centurion's daughters. You, 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 you've told folk to get up and pick up their bed and walk. Why? Why didn't you come and see about your brother? Why didn't you come and see about the one you said you loved? See, God don't work the way we think he ought to work. But we have a case that makes sense, at least in our mind. But the problem with that is it's a finite man trying to understand an infinite God. And so we get ourselves turned around, amen, trying to understand God. Amen. But God had a purpose that he had not revealed to Martha yet. Amen. And so, but what we see is modes of grief. Amen. She going through, she's mad at the Lord, but then on the backside of it, she comes to a reality. Amen. Look at the text. In the modes of grief, look, look what she says. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Look at that. Martha said, now, Jesus, I'm mad at you now. I'm, I'm very upset. I'm brokenhearted that you let Lazarus die. If you had been here, you could have healed him, and he didn't have to go to the tomb. He could have been up jumping around, laughing and talking with the rest of us today. We wouldn't have had to have these mourners down here. It wouldn't have to be all this noise. We could just be the four of us, and everything would be just fine. You know, me, you, Lazarus, Mary, amen. Just the four of us, I mean, like we used to. I mean, down here in Bethany, you know how we used to hang out. Jesus, why? Why didn't you come? But even though you didn't come, I know something about you, though. I know that whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. 
even if it means restoring the life of my brother. She didn't say it like that, but you can almost feel it when she says what she says. But even now, I mean, even right now, where he is, rigor mortis set in, where he is cold in a dusty tomb, right now, whatever you ask of God, he'll give to you. Now, he might not do it for me, but he'll do it for you. I know this. So she's anticipating Jesus to do something. She's hoping that just maybe when she says this to him, after possibly yelling at him and fussing with him about the death of Lazarus, to, to come to the mode where she's like, but Lord, you can, you can do some stuff right now if you ask the Father. Things can change right now. And then we look at our text. Jesus now shows Martha that he's a right now God. And that's good news, not just for Martha, that's good news for you and me. Amen? Look at the text. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now here, Jesus is saying something to Martha, amen, about right now. But Martha is interpreting it as later. Jesus is talking about right now. Martha's talking about later. Sometimes Jesus is speaking to us about something right now that he wants to do and we're looking about something later. And sometimes we're looking at something right now that Jesus is talking about for later. Amen. This is a, a, a common problem between people and God. Amen. Right now Martha has things out of order as it relates to what Jesus is saying. What she is saying is right. That in that day he shall rise again. But Jesus is not saying in that day. He's saying right now. Amen. But sometimes our own understanding of scripture and what we, our perspectives cause us not to ask the thing we ought to ask of the Lord when we ought to ask him. Because of how we see things have to work. Amen. We miss out on some other blessings that God wants to bring to the table. Sometimes we limit God by thinking that God is not going to do this or that. So we don't even ask the Lord. We believe that, well, this is the end of that. So I'll just wait on what the Lord has said in other ways. But when we should have asked him for something and we didn't ask. That's why the text in the Bible says we have not because we ask not. I don't know how many blessings we have missed because we didn't believe. Amen. How many things we didn't ask for when God was willing to give it to us. Amen. Because of our disbelief. But we must not count God out in any shape, form, or fashion. Any time span, whether near or far. Amen. God is able to do everything, anytime, and anywhere. So even if you don't necessarily believe it for sure, you ought to be like the one was said that said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Amen. 
Help me to break through my unbelief so that I'll ask anyway, believing that I shall receive. Amen. Amen. And so we look at our text. And we see Jesus is saying that your brother will rise again. Martha saying, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But then Jesus says to her, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am. It's that I am that I am. It is the same I am that met Moses at the burning bush. It is the same I am that said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He says, I am the resurrection. Not I will be, not I was, but I am. I am. I am the one that can resurrect your dead dreams. I can resurrect your dead visions. I can resurrect your dead hopes. I can resurrect your dead desires. Even though it looks like they have died and decayed, God is able to resurrect. And you must believe God for that. Whatever that you have on your heart, you must believe it. And then and look for the Lord to receive it. You don't know what God is going to do in your life, but you do not expect any thing from God if you're doubting. Amen, the apostle James lets us know. So keep on believing anyhow, no matter what the situation. Looking at our text, we see that we should never forget who Jesus is. That he is the resurrection. He is the life. He says, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He wanted uh, Martha to understand the realities of the kingdom. He wanted her to understand that when, when, when a believer goes to the grave, his body or her body goes to the grave, but her spirit goes to God or his spirit goes to God. It never dies but it continues to live. That that body and that, that, that body may grow to the grave, but the spirit continues to live. And that's what he's saying, though he dies, he shall live, and though he lives, he shall never die. But Jesus not only was saying that he was the resurrection, or he is the resurrection, but that he understood that she needed to understand that there is no failure in God. There is no end, there is no death when you're in the hands of the master. And as he prepares her, amen, he lets her know that, uh, that this, this very thing, that he has the power to say, Lazarus, come forth. And we see later on the text, that's exactly what he does. And we see that her doctrine was straight, but she was missing something that God wanted to do immediately. Verse 27, she said unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who is to come into the world. She said, I believe that you are the Son of the living God. I believe you are who you say that you are. I believe that you are sent from glory. And I believe that my brother shall be raised from the grave. But what she missed in this is that the Lord was saying, I'm going to raise him now. And I want you to understand and to believe that there are things in our lives that seem like are hopeless. 
It seems like things are going left when they should go right. It seems like this person or that person will never be or never go or never do, but don't count God out in their lives. You ought to continue to pray and ought to continue to believe that God is going to make a way out of no way. Just like he did in the life of Martha and Mary when he went to the tombs and said, unloose him and let him go. After he had called Lazarus' name, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And all of the decay stopped and all of the skin and the bones and the sinews, everything got back into its living form. Lazarus' spirit was put back in his body and he rose up and came out of the tomb. He came out because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. There are things in our lives today that we have buried. There are things that we have put way back in the closets to never bring out again. Go back to the closets. Go back to the burial places and let the Lord resurrect that which you thought were dead. Don't let your dreams die. Don't let your visions die. Keep working and keep trusting in the Lord. And you will be surprised at what God still wants to do in your life with whatever years or hours or seconds are left. Amen. Whatever delineation, you got to trust the Lord in all these things. Don't quit. Don't give up. And don't lay down. Because the Lord, as long as you got blood running warm in your veins, he's not done with you yet. Amen. Amen. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not unto your own understanding. But acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen. Amen. At this time, the doors of the church are open. You can come by letter, by Christian experience, amen, amen. and by baptism, amen. amen. The Lord's arms are open wide, and he is willing to save any soul. He doesn't want any of the saints to be out alone and without an assembly to be with, without a family to, to live with and to love and to, and to grow with. So the day is the day, amen, for being growing and the day is the day for others to be saved. Trust the Lord today for he will save your soul. He will make your whole. He will resurrect dead dreams and dead visions. He will resurrect things that you never thought could live. Give the Lord the opportunity to be in you what you cannot be by yourself. Amen. Come unto Jesus Why
Jesus. wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's Castbox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast and for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.